Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hanflow and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Monday Night Raw, but also uh, Front Night Smackdown, AW Rampage, pay-per-use premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with the bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Havilland and Sidgwick to review the go home show ahead of Money in the Bank from Monday Night Raw and the celebration of 20 years of John Cena. Not so good, Al. Not so good. Uh, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a post um, AW pay per view edition of Monday Night Raw where you get this hard blast of pretty awesome wrestling in your face that goes long. AW pay-per-views go long. Oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about Raw because it's three hours. Yeah, uh, well, this Raw as three hours felt exponentially longer than the AW pay-per-view that went four. AW, you know, and New Japan, Soz. That was a fucking big canvas. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, call it what it is. Uh, like, that one, four hours flew by. It felt like an all-timer as it was taking place. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's maybe even better. Second, third watch, it's going to, like, stand up to loads of revisiting. Uh, this was terrible. And I'm somebody that enjoys the premium live events, and this was... This was terrible. I think it was terrible. I thought this was a rubbish broadcast. I thought the John Cena stuff was mostly bad and only existed for the, this is preview fodder, the inevitable theory parody next week where he comes out and mimics it almost word for word, but just makes all the key changes in that like tried and tested WWE feud builder. Yeah. I thought I just, there's so little to glean from this. If I wasn't so sure that this company does exist in the famed bubble that the cynics have always suggests it exists inside of. So, someone has obviously told them at some point, you know, you're really embarrassing yourselves. Like you're really, really embarrassing yourselves and everyone is laughing at your terrible product. Mm. You fucking fiend. <laughs> <laughs> with your rats in cages, with your Eric Rowan doppelgangers, with your wild card rules, with your two out of three falls. Everyone's laughing at you, right? And I wasn't so sure that Vince McMahon would just go, huh, off barrel, or something like that. 
Are you going to mute that? Because I didn't really say it loud. Just in case. I'll, no. have, I'll have a listen. F*** off, pal. <laughs> if I wasn't so sure that would just be his blanket response, he just wouldn't care at all. I would really start to think that they were getting self-conscious about how terrible the product is. Because I watch it now, and it's not good. Oh, my God, it's so boring. I just find it so lifeless and boring. And as is often the case, when the part-timers get back in the mix and they're actually over, it's like, oh, right, okay, this reminds me even more of how drab and sterile mm. and unpopular and lack a breath of buzz the show usually is, right? Because well, they're over, they can do it. Why can't you? And that was, like, pronounced badly because the crowds are getting even more quiet. And, like, Cena could get them. Why can't anybody else get them? Because the show's terrible, that's why. Cena's dangerously brilliant in that respect because they've done this thing before where um, you've got this wrestler who, in the moment, is their flavour of the week. So, like, The Rock, when he was back fairly regularly a few years ago, they even had, like, a birthday party for him, and Vince was like, here he is, the greatest WWE star ever, The Rock. And he inducted Steve Austin by calling him the greatest WWE star ever. And at the time, that was, like, just scanned as a bit of a dig to Hulk Hogan because they'd fallen out for a bit mm-hmm. and previously sold Hulk Hogan on coming back as, I've always wanted you back as the Babe Ruth of WWE and all that. And now they've got Cena as the, the guy they're kind of anointing this great. And there will be somebody else down the road, but it's Cena right now, the greatest WWE superstar of all time. It was Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Yeah, <laughs> right, he's just won the biggest WrestleMania match ever. But That's what literally they were calling him. The Cena thing is, it's so damaging because not only does he actually look like that when he comes out and speaks to the people and they just love him and they respond in the way that you would hope, he's got a legacy far greater than a Randy Orton's who's also had his 20 years this year. Um, far more permanent feeling than Brock Lesnar's, because Brock Lesnar's always carried this mercenary tag around. Uh, and he'll come back and he'll wrestle every now and then. And he's still got it. He's certainly got enough. You yeah. Know, like, he'll wrestle and he doesn't look, he doesn't embarrass himself. He's, like, really only, was he 45, 46, 47? He's 45. Yeah. Like, that's, he, he's only 45. There's full-timers that are older than John Cena. So he doesn't feel, like, out of place age-wise at all. And yet he's got this, like, fairly glittering 20-year legacy. Um, it's It's... Normally, when they give this tag to somebody, it's a part-timer. It's a re- it's a retired legend. Cena is a part-timer when he comes back and doesn't feel like one because this, like, everyone feels like part of the furniture because the furniture was designed in John Cena's image. Mm. So when he comes back, he just settles back in, even though he's going to go away again. And all, it, it never feels like that. It never feels like a special guest coming back. That should be damaging to someone like a John Cena, but it doesn't. It just means that, like, everything else is so much blander by default. When Vince wanted to make Hogan the Babe Ruth, he won't make any WWE superstar the Babe Ruth. Now, WWE is the Babe Ruth of WWE. Like every every old clip of every old yeah. match is supposed it's not about one wrestler anymore. So they don't market Cena like that. They market him as not only is he the best of all time, he's the best right now. So whoever you're into, whether it is theory, the guy that he's positioned against. No one's into theory. No. Whether I'm it is, into theory. Whether it is Roman Reigns, the guy holding both belts. The one for me tonight, the big example, right? And we'll, obviously we're gonna get to the map, was Riddle. So Riddle is this guy yes. who has been No, I'm gonna criticize him. Oh. Like Riddle is this guy who's Fair enough, he's lost out on money in the bank, but they've used his star power that was obvious in this feud with Roman Reigns to put over Omos, right? And then they've had the cake and eating it too, by like, hey, last chance stuff, in you go. Like, he doesn't feel like anywhere near a bigger star because he's on the show with John Cena. And this is the same guy who a year ago they acknowledged was going to be their guy and tried to put them near each other, didn't they? they tried to give a bit of a one-week Cena rub to really, hey, I like this guy. Maybe I should try cannabis. You know, like, that was, <laughs> all, that was this whole idea of John Cena stood next to Riddle. Uh... It's failed. Endos. Good. Everyone has failed. Everyone has failed because Riddle was an over guy and didn't feel half as over on a show with John Cena. 
Mm. Like, so that when your most popular baby face of the moment is, oh yeah, just another bang average Joe. It's 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 da- it's dangerous to use him in the way that in the way that they want to use him, and indeed the way that they're lucky to have him for ticket sales spiked for this raw. John Cena's still a draw. He doubled them. He's like John Cena's still thousands a, of tickets. Yeah, he's still a draw. Yeah. Like he's so much a different prospect to the other part timers that they bring in for these things, where they can't after time they can't. Brock Lesnar can't get your number anymore. You know, like I don't think you could attach too many discernible ticket sales increases to Brock Lesnar in the way that you get from a John Cena, but it's. Dangerously expensive. Everybody else on weekly television. I quite enjoyed this show. Genuinely, I just I, it made me. It, I, I I don't know whether I was just in a good mood off the back of Forbidden Door, like you say. I slept loads yesterday <laughs> and last night, so maybe I woke up normally in a, a less grumpy mood than I would do waking up at Most six a.m. Situational praise of like a yeah, and, and obviously I'm gonna uh, you know openly say that this is a sigil. He says grading on a curve. I'm not gonna say oh this is better than I think this might Dynamite's got a bit of work to do on Blood and Guts this week. It's gonna be better than this. But I just, I just had an enjoyable time watching it. The people I wanted to win, most of the most part, won. And I'm, I, do you know what it is? Money in the Bank's probably my third favorite pay per view of the year that WWE or premium live event that WWE puts on. It's Mania, it's the Rumble, and in third place, far and away above the likes of Survivor Series and SummerSlam, it's Money in the Bank. And this was uh, a, a setup for it, even if it was a by the numbers setup. I, I agree with most of the, the premium live event stuff. Uh, I'm looking forward to Money in the Bank. It boggles my mind that the one thing WWE can do really well is the thing that doesn't make them any money anymore. It is astounding to me. Like, I, I think we're past, just my personal opinion, we're past the point where it's like a surprise when WWE puts on a good monthly show. I think almost all of them are good. You, yep. some, you sometimes get a bad one, but for the most part, they're pretty good. And I just, I cannot believe that this is the thing that makes them now. Like, they've sold the network to Peacock. They're not even getting those 999s at this point. That's going somewhere else. You know, there'll be some sort of licensing agreement and it keeps them in... They're getting billions? It keeps them sweet with, you know... They're getting more money from Peacock than they ever made from the network. Is that right? Yes. I thought that was like a straight sale and it was more about maintaining a relationship. No, no, no. They're getting way, 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 way more money than they'd ever have gotten in a million years. Many multiverses with the network on Peacock. But like they're going to go back to the negotiation table this year for rights fees to Raw and Mm -hmm. to SmackDown. And these are often unwatchable. The numbers don't seem to suggest that, though. Don't forget. Two point, what, 2.2 for SmackDown last Tonight week? Tonight be a monster as well. It was nearly 2 million last week for all. Next week will go in the bin, won't it? It's July the 4th. Like, people actually... Murica leaves its house for July the 4th. Why? What happened? Oh. Yeah. Right, just, we'll get to the first segment of the show. Yeah, there was... Un- <laughs> it just means we can just spend less time on the actual analysis of the... Bland trite at the It's so bad. You're going to get to preview it. I'm off on Monday, so <laughs> not my problem. Why? Uh, what? Uh, long weekend with some friends. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so the show opened with something that, that arguably should have probably, and maybe did for you guys, pass as just corny, like, oh, there he is walking through the back Where's and everyone's there clapping. I thought it was, it was really nice. I just was, I was really happy to see him like interacting with people that he's obviously got history with and just moments that he shared with people. And they're all there acknowledging that, yep, he is the biggest star on Monday Night Raw without question. You can you can make someone appear like a star without making everybody else look like a little uh, jabroni jabroni simp. Mm. Like, I know there was oh look if you look those little people acting in character good they're doing the goddamn jobs <laughs> I meant to praise their jobs I meant to praise the performance of the jobs not the fact that they are simply doing them. Oh Becky Lynch is performing in character. Oh my god she's doing a character That's a fucking job. Sorry. 
So she's sad clapping. What's she even there for? She should be in a private dressing room. She's a star. Her and Seth live on a bus. And uh, <laughs> sit, just sit on your bus till you got you got to go out and wrestle. Like our, our truth, you know, the childhood hero thing. And I, he's, in, he's in his gear, great. And like you've got like Zia Lee going, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Just like. You're a little simp. <laughs> but now at least uh, at the next time there's like a raw reunion party, like Zia Lee and John Cena can be having like a glass punch together. It's like, I oh, remember. Yeah, You're my simp. <laughs> context is everything to a segment like this because I thought, I thought the presentation overall was absolutely the right way to do it. And this idea is not bad in principle. But WWE is so bad in principle that for years, all of the like modern wrestlers have been forced yeah. to just deify older wrestlers in a way that is counterproductive to their build. It's one thing to pay respect and pay tribute to a, a guy from a former era, but it's quite another to do it in the way that WWE have constantly done it over the decades. Mm. Um, the video packages, I think, like the the, the sending Yeah, it wasn't just from, WWE stars, like, some of the AW John Cena. Yeah. But like well, the AW lot were like, oh, he's really all elite, so. Like, that's the, but I think there's, I think that's that was a really smart way to do it. Mm. Right, a really smart That's how way you to do, do it. it, and they did it. So why did they do this? And there's, <laughs> so I couldn't take them any less seriously. Just watching them. If you are, um, who's WWE's equivalent of Julia Hart in terms of age? You know, and she's like eighteen, nineteen at the moment. There'll be like a 20, mm. 22, 23 year old on the Austin WWE. theory. Austin, right, like they've got like three. So yeah, there's not <laughs> enough of them, is there? But we are Dominic in theory, and then there's some people on NXT. For some reason, I, when you said that, I thought of Martha Hart, and I thought, well, there's loads of people that age in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> we are absolutely in the period where wrestlers certainly would have might not have been like born around 2002, but would have been 10, 12 years old when John Cena was having at least one of his major runs within WWE. Like those are the ones that it's okay to be logical about, to speak about, and say, like, I watched you when you were a kid, and have a little moment backstage with them, perhaps the whole roster lining up to just clap this man in, free of any sort of context. It's just the same old, same old of, oh, an old guy walks in. Why? Why are you so much better than we are? <laughs> like, it's a WWE.com shoot where people are forced to do Triple H poses and then whatnot. It's just, I don't know, man. Like, Thing is, I buy it with John Grow Cena. up and grow out of all of these, old, of these old wrestlers and be your own best self. I've got little doubt that... Potentially, people were like sort of very reverent towards John Cena mm. backstage and asking him for advice. And I don't think it's an, a, a not particularly believable bit of television. But at the same time, um, you'd never see an Austin or a Rock or a Shamrock or a Triple H or whoever in 1998 do this with like goddamn Sammartino mm. or, you know, the Sheik. Does not make me feel old, by the way, when you chat to some modern wrestling fans and they go, still remember the feud that got me into wrestling, Randy Orton versus John Cena, and you're like, what? Why yeah. did he stick around? Like, they're, uh, like The Rock. I was chatting to someone at the weekend and they said, for me, biggest, best version of The Undertaker, American Badass. That's what I grew up with. And I was like, good chat to you, pal. See you later. <laughs> I think it was The Rock who was at least, like, would have paid respect, let's say, in the invasion period to like Freddie Blassie was like in a wheelchair yeah. by this point and they wheeled Freddie Blassie and he's got like his words of wisdom and stuff and The Rock would have been like, yeah, and rally the troops and all that. It's it's really sweet. But like if Freddie Blassie was like, and, and you rock, I never liked your dad or whatever. I never liked your granddad. I like swung for him and, and hit him. And then it's not played for laughs. The Rock actually sells it and goes, ah! And like legit sells it. Like The Rock might be out of invasion this Sunday because Freddie <laughs> Blassie, like, that would be the equivalent of this. Is like, it'd have to be played for laughs. It'd have to be sheer sort of, oh bless you know, a bit, a bit, like, if anything, some of these young guys should be, like, hair ruffling John Cena a little bit instead of well, it being, instead of it being, well, yeah, instead of it being the other way around. 
Anyway, let's start the show with the uh, Money in the Bank qualifying battle royal, like a last chance thing. So stars from 20 minutes. Raw and SmackDown into this. Um, a few people got entrances, the Mysterios. More on them later. Yes. It's happening. I forgot the show. It's happening. Um, uh, hang on, wait a second. This this definitely recalls, recalls for a Renee. Oh, my God. Um, Shinsuke got an entrance, really got an entrance. AJ Styles didn't, but <laughs> never mind. Um, <laughs> early on, Akira Tozawa, Shelton Benjamin gets eliminated by Via. But then Mustafa Ali holds him down so that the uh, Mysterious can give him a 619 and they all get rid of him. Shanky's in there. Do you know about the new stuff with Shanky? Have uh, you been keeping up I've watched Smackdown. Smackdown. I do my job. I wanted more dancing here. Yeah. It's good that there wasn't more. Just the vibe just getting him. Uh, he got rid of R-Truth. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jinderball got rid of him. And then Styles got rid of Mahal. And Reggie got launched out of the ring by T-Bar. I was just watching a 1998 Raw for researching an article I did the other day, and I was just watching... Was it a uh, question? Was it problematic? Yeah, incredibly. He can't go ten, <laughs> literally 10 seconds. <laughs> and I was watching M. Kurgan do some dancing. <laughs> That's just what they do with the big Everybody lads, dances in the end. Everybody, Everybody dances, dances in the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kurgan's was at a wedding, wasn't it? Kurgan was at like, I a, did all the time. like a post-WrestleMania... No, like in real life, it was like a post-WrestleMania party or a, a, like a wrestler's wedding, and uh, somebody was like, do not let Vince see that you've done that. And he did. <laughs> it was like... Get some tie-dye on, pal. I want to see you move. <laughs> I want to see that on Raw. Uh, Champa eliminated Ali. Styles got rid of Champa uh, after shoving remember him. Remember Ali? Shoving him into the remember ring him? post. Uh, Dominic tried to get rid of Ziggler, but uh, eliminated himself. Uh, Ray tried to get rid of Miz. Miz and Ziggler then team up and get rid of Ray. T-Bar tries to shove Ricochet out the apron, but he lands on a ladder that's at ringside and leaps back onto the apron, and Hurricane Rana's T-Bar eliminates him. We go to another break. Uh, Nakamura gets rid of Ziggler by kicking him off the top rope. Uh, Miz comes off the top and tweaks his knee, goes outside with a leg injury. Uh, so whilst Riddle uh, eliminates Nakamura with a Pele kick and Styles gets rid of Ricochet, people think that it's down to just Riddle and AJ Styles. Um, they go back and forth. Um, again, the crowd thinks this is the last two. Styles goes for uh, a phenomenal forearm, but Miz pulls him from the outside to eliminate him. Crowd boo him, and it looks like Miz may have the upper hand. Uh, he, but he gets hit with a draping DDT, blocks an RKO, hits the skull crushing finale. But in the end, they're fighting on the apron. Riddle hits Miz with an RKO. Miz goes down, falls out the ring. Riddle wins the last chance battle royal. He is in money in the bank. The right addition. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I think of these last chance battle royals, and the, it all it always happens. So you have a bunch of qualifiers then. Something that they're, they're outright saying, here's the losers. You know, or like the people that lost qualifiers slash couldn't even get him one in the first place. Here are all the losers. So I think it's a really strange thing that has just become the norm at this point. But I oh, Riddle was the right guy for it, I suppose. Again, this is why like premium live events are so great, because what you have to do is strip them of their context. Like you watch that show, and if you only watch WWE month to month, the guy that was super over last month appears again in a ladder match where he can become number one contender, and you just think, Cool. Like his progression's gone really, really well. Mm. Everything is fine. He was defeated, cleanly, like, cleanly, to not get into this match. And then there he is. He was defeated. He had injured ribs, though. He was defeated by Roman. Like, he's, his month is basically... Where the, where's the injury now? Got better. <laughs> Who's <those> better? <laughs> <laughs> Just, I like, month to month, Riddle's progression has been tracked very nicely, but they've had to have him lose in order to have him win here. It's, it doesn't work. 20 minutes of losers... There were some fun bits, I guess. Where I was like, ah. 
That was a noise I made like, <laughs> about, about three times. The noise I made during this battle royale when I watched like and there was like I think it was a head scissors or a hurricane runner ricochet. Ricochet, yeah, T bar. Oh, that's what I said. And like, remember? I'm gonna talk about AEW. It's interesting. Darius Martin and Matt Jackson at Daly's place before Revolution this year when they had that sort of incredibly anxious exchange near and on the apron. Yeah. They were in the last two in the Casino Battle Royale and you're thinking, oh my God, he's gonna, someone's going to fall off if we don't move in time. So that's the good anxiety of the apron sort of suspense spot in a Battle Royale. I'm watching Miz and I'm just thinking, you're probably going to mess us up. Like, you're pro- why are you letting the Miz do this? He's pretty <laughs> useless, as we'll discover later on. It's useless individual performance against AJ Styles. Well, will we? That's the big question. Probably not. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably not. Probably not. Um, there was meant to be a, a really exciting match on this show. We were going to get to see the debut of Elrod, um, but they announced that that match has had to be rescheduled. But that was... So did they have... Oh, this is a qualify that was that because that was a mini money in the bank qualifier it was match. going to be a uh, money in the bank qualifier the match graphic i saw on twitter yesterday because i previewed the show had yeah. kevin owens on one side and then there was ezekiel elias and then like the vacant gray guy mm. for elrod so it's gonna be like a mystery it's gonna be fun but was that so did they do the last chance is that for that spot or are they gonna because when they said rescheduled i was oh, like yeah. you can't reschedule it much because you've got the pay-per-view on there's s- only like there was only five i think confirmed for it yesterday there's now six with the addition of riddle so they could easily do seven or eight they do it all the time yeah, i'm gonna see if the ever reliable wikipedia if they've upped yeah tbd hmm so they're both gonna go in well i see the two spaces yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't know but they there was some great stuff with Ezekiel later that we're going to get to. Uh, before that, though, Cena's in the back with Street Profits, although the camera goes the wrong way because they can't see him. Um, uh, they ask him for advice <laughs> for their title match at the premium live event. Better. This is better. This is fine. I think I, I like the idea that Cena's in town for one night, and he's such a cool guy that he wants to listen to any of the... It's like a local politician with a surgery open. He wants to listen to any of the sort of complaints of the regulars and the locals. Like, he'll get your bins collection day changed if, <laughs> if he needs, because he knows what goes on around here. And he can actually... He's got a line with the boss, and he's got good advice. He's got good experience. This was the way to do it. I genuinely like these. These in league with the Skype calls was the way to just put over just what a big deal John Cena still is to this place. He's yeah. also better than this place. Like Vince McMahon himself realising... Oh, God, I've never been thought of by any worse by the majority of people. I'll put myself next to John Cena. That'll solve all this. On principle, I was prepared to hate this, and I realized, walk it back, because you might be considered a hypocrite. I don't like the idea of, like, champion athletes, as Cena pointed out, going to legends for advice. It's absolutely fine when FCR do it to Bret Hart (laughs) in in IRL, because you can always get better. Mm. But then, why would you ever go to John Cena? What, what's he going to say? Motivational. Never give up. That's what he said. And he read their Wikipedia page back to him, basically. Yeah. Standard. Like, like FTR and Bret Hart. And CM Punk and Bret Hart, well, you know, it's fine. It's a bit wanky at this Ooh, point. Put some pink black just, tape on my shoulder. But John Cena is not Bret Hart. Bret Hart wow. could um, apply submission moves correctly. <laughs> yes. Hey. John Cena says, never give up. I... That's the only thing I listen to. I'll never give up being the message board poster. I'm not the idiot. I should have turned heel. I don't, you know, not get how money is made in pro wrestling. I'm not a moron. Everyone was once upon a time, then you learn. You yeah. know what, they were right. But I'll never give up burying his work. Hey, man. <laughs> John Cena had a friend in the stunt industry, and that was how Bret Hart fooled Vincent Mann before WrestleMania 26. Oh. So you, you put some respect on their relationship. Jack and Bret Hart my went. Friend, my friend John Cena's got a, got a friend in the industry. Vince, my leg's fine. 
Shrek and Brett probably ended up <laughs> around the time that he was trying to do that springboard stunner thing that never worked. Yeah, Austin just buried Austin his absolutely face. buried. Stop that. Stop it. <laughs> Look like an asshole kid. Uh, videos from Shawn Michaels, The Big Show, Booker T, Daniel Bryan. wonder what he's been up to. Uh, Trish Stratus and Triple H, all of them congratulating him on 20 years. Lovely stuff, all that. I thought there was no more BS, Paul. Well... What do you think about your shirt? I think there's Paul? a little bit. There's a little bit of BS. Why should, why should I buy your shirt, Paul? <laughs> Remember when he came in, it was like, my God, the landscape is changing. They've got Paul White. <laughs> you remember? Yeah, remember? It was the weirdest thing. I like, got loads of content out of it. Like everyone was tweeting about. It. I was like, Jesus Christ, it's the establishment now. They've got Paul White, a huge name. <laughs> I remember just the panic from you. Like, they're not going to let him wrestle. Though, are they? They're not. <laughs> let let wrestle once, do absolutely nothing, and then now the whole idea of an ex big WWE guy has been totally normalised. What an absolute waste of money he is. <laughs> I told him at the time, what a waste of money this is. Mm-hmm. Why would we get him expertise? Uh, <laughs> I can grow. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't even see the hand on commentary. You <laughs> <laughs> can only hear him go. Doesn't even, hasn't even got a catchphrase. He can cry. Oh, Henry's got a catchphrase. I was like, working big men of 2022, go to that. Go to him for advice on how to work a match. Tell him to shush. If they need to cry on cue and dribble. If you tell, if you tell him to shush, uh, the slaps are louder. Oh, cool. You want to go You want to go find the guy with the most overchant in the company? Steal it. Yeah, that's, that's my advice. <laughs> oh, yeah. I always forget about that. I think that was, I was out of the... My least favourite thing. I not talk about this. It's my least favourite thing. On the, 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 spoiler alert for the five-star review review. I was watching it earlier. I told Sid about this already, but I'm not thinking, I think you were either out of the room or you had your phones in. Uh, there was a, a, an associated video for the five-star review mm-hmm. review, which may or may not feature the big show. It does. Um, and it was a, the bit when... Do you remember when big show accidentally, like, hurt AJ Lee. Like, he was running around ringside and he ran into her. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what the title from this? From WWE, Big Show... <laughs> Big Show tramples AJ Lee. What are we going to keep this? Like, right on the Ross report, that isn't it? Like, a uh, uh, Big Show could be a hell of a player if he wasn't such a fat elephant. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Riddle's in the back. He uh, dedicates... I can't wait to see what Big Show can do if he spends a bit more time on the treadmill. Ain't saying nothing. If, elef- if elephants never forget, <laughs> why didn't read the Ross report four weeks ago when I told the goddamn asshole to lose some weight? Yeah. <laughs> like, three, three bullet points later. You got to see Mark Henry's Whataburger order. You also got to see what talent that guy's hiding. Also, do you know what happened if, if Big Show back then had, had lost loads of weight or whatever? Bashing no dreams. <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts of Forbidden Door. I don't think that's the, the thing they're going for, oh, Jim. I don't think, you know. United Empire ripping out Orange Cassidy's pockets means like oh, he's going to be inconvenienced. Inconvenience. He's going to have to go to the Gap now. <laughs> like I think it's more than that. Buy some new dreams. Shabbat comes out with a Gap back. There you go. Bought some jeans. Orange Cassidy. I'm done. I went and just punches a hole through his hat. Man, Jim, buy a new hat. Well done. I'm finally gotten to, and it was you. He's finally lost his goal. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Riddle dedicates his win to Randy Orton. Said he has had some rough luck lately, but uh, Cena told him to never give up, and he won the Battle Royal. He's going to Vegas, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then we got a match we haven't seen before. One of the Street Profits versus one of the Usos. <laughs> no, we're saving the skip for later? Okay. Um, Montez Ford was in control. Uh, they're great together, mm. all, all four of these guys, but I've seen every two, perm- yeah. I've seen every permutation of this a million times. Let's just get to the pape. Premium live event. Ford's a really good action here. Yeah, it was really good, but I just thought, ah, oh. well, half of it, me thought, well, they're definitely going to skip this until I saw the 
thing. I get a feeling Mr. we're probably going to skip that. Yeah. Missing a singles match that doesn't have a finish. I thought, oh, bollocks. Now we're going to have to talk about the other one. But great stuff, but it's all stuff we've seen before. And as you've said, they better be saving something big for the premium live event because they've done everything in all it's, these matches. It just gets harder and harder as well for these wrestlers to try and assemble something. And they do it more often than not, which is to the credit. But it gets harder and harder for them to assemble a match or a moment within a match that feels special, that feels brand new, that feels worthy of the elevated stakes of this match compared to all the other matches. I just hate that the answer to the question. Like, do you think they'll do it on TV tonight or is it going to be saved for Saturday? Both. Mm-hmm. It's always in both. And like, what a burden that is on these wrestlers to have to do it. The schedule now is as like kind, and I mean, I'm not Booker T, I mean that in a good way. It's as kind as it has ever been to the wrestlers, right? But if they're not, like the point of the house show rehearsals is like you iron out the stuff that goes down amazingly well with the live crowd so that like when come Sunday, like you knock it out for the first time in front of the cameras and it goes exactly as well as you thought it might because you've been able to trial it while nobody was watching. No, they have to trial it now every single goddamn week in front of the, in front of the biggest audience that they've got, right? And then you see it on the weekend, it's like, whoa, that was so cool on this Saturday. I also liked it three other times. It's just what a, what a difficult job it is being a WWE wrestler. I remember tweeting, watching day one, like they did the barricade spot, and I was like, oh, oh my God, I've never seen this before. And some people were like, right? And I was like, what are you talking <laughs> about? They do this every week. I remember Cedric's take from before the Wednesday Night War started. Like, uh, well before actually the Wednesday Night War started, you were like, like the secret of NXT is that nobody watches it. Yeah. So like TakeOver comes around and like people that haven't injured and it was good, but very formulaic, right? I liked it, but I appreciate that it was formulaic because Triple H knew how to very like gently get from one TakeOver to another. It's like, like you don't even need the meat on the bones because I'll show you the meat in a class video package. So you, you genuinely don't need to watch this. Prime target. Yeah. The amount of even, <laughs> even the WWE hardcore base on Twitter that will still defend a lot of the nonsense, like expose themselves at the Royal Rumble, didn't they? When there was no perhaps for any entrances because they'd not seen all these music changes yeah. and they didn't know who was coming. So the one thing that the Rumble guarantees you is the klaxon followed by this thing of an entrance music and a big pop or like, here's this person coming next. The amount of time the heads went to that awkward entrance ramp or were trying to see the like the graphic appearing on the, the ring apron because it was like, who are these people? They're not watching I either. I on the stream. I, I couldn't understand. I mean, I know we can't really hear it, but... Yeah, but that's because you skip entrances to try and get through the show at four in the morning UK time. <laughs> and like, I'm confused that they're playing at normal speed. There are people that will go ballistic for a premium live event match between the Usos and the Street Profits having not watched four versions of it on mm. television in the run-up to it. And they have to hide themselves because they're just not watching. <laughs> they're just not watching. Jay drops him on the apron, drives him into the steel steps early on. Ford comes back with his brilliant offense, as Sid alluded to. Clothesline kicks, jumping clothesline, standing moonsault. Jay hits that elevated neck breaker of his, gets a two count. Ford does a standing blockbuster. It's incredible. He's so good. Uh, Jimmy distracted Montez Ford, so Angela Dawkins just ran him over, uh, which was great. Um, Jay takes out Dawkins with a dive. Ford takes out Jay with a dive. And Ford, it's, it's a frog splash but it's the best frog spot. I genuinely thought he's going to clip the briefcases here because they've got the briefcase hanging above the ring and he jumps off there to hit a huge frog splash for the win. And I thought, if he's not careful, he's going to hit those briefcases. It probably makes sense that they haven't put him in the ladder match because he could just, he's like almost, he doesn't need a ladder to get to them. Moves um, are supposed to have personality and that gets forgotten when these matches are agented into oblivion. Frog Splash is a great example of it, right? Because you can picture D-Lo's Frog Splash or Eddie's Frog Splash or Rob Van Dam's and now 
Montez Ford. Like it's one thing to have a cool move. It's quite another to be able to add something that you can do that makes it different, unique, and awesome. Montez Ford is a perfect example of what I was just saying. Because in about six months, somebody's going to be like, hey, guys, we need to talk more about Montez Ford. Well, no, we don't, because if you just actually sit and watch, you'll see that he's making you talk about him every single week. He's been lining up his singles push for about a year now, mm. because every time he's in this position, he's working, physically working to steal the show. And like we always say, like, oh, like feel a bit sorry for Dawkins, really, because where does this team go when this is all said and done? Ford's one of their next guys. Mm. That is becoming, like, that's becoming too apparent to suppress at this point, I think. <laughs> It's becoming, I've, we've sensed this variations of that take for so long now that I worry the opposite is true and that he's going to get um, just lost in the shuffle. That's, he's been so ready to break out and they've had so many pay-per-views where it's like, Jesus Christ, is this match happening again? Oh, there's no buzz about this. I think if they really saw it in him, they would have done it by now. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Well, let's turn next to the highlight of Monday Night Raw, because the Judgment Day, or two-thirds of the Judgment Day, are walking backstage, and uh, Hamlet, you know they bumped into? Tell me all about The Mysterios. Uh, and Balor quite rightly pointed out this is uh, Ray Mysterio's 20th anniversary too. Congratulations to him on an, a hell of a, a run in WWE. Uh, and he mentioned how successful he'd been, uh, Balor did. But he hasn't really been teaching his son, Dominic. And uh, Demi Priest thought, maybe you, uh, maybe you need a bit of a better leader. Uh, maybe it's not bad luck, said Balor, hurting you, Dominic, but a bad father. And uh, we're going to get to get into it. And then uh, the, boys, the boys leave Judgment Day head off. Ray challenges them to a tag match next week in San Diego. Just like we called it, Michael Hamflet. Did we not, three years ago, suggest that July 4th, 2022, would be when this would occur? We said there'd be fireworks. And did we not say all along, from the very beginning, right, ask yourself, Edge is now gone from the Judgment Day, right? But what remains? And what have we not seen Mm -hmm. since Edge has been gone from the Judgment Day? That's right. A big chair, <laughs> which they sometimes put lights on, powered by something electric. Hello, LTST. Thank you very much. The evidence is there. It's like, want- like we always say. I mean, I can't wait to see it, but like, obviously, because we've manifested it that long, we've kind of already visualized what it oh. looks like. But for people that just haven't been listening, like, open your ears, open your eyes. It was there all along. If you're thinking why Sidgwick isn't talking right now, he's literally agog. <laughs> It's like when you, it's like a SmackDown bit, and I'm not on that podcast, right? So I just don't really feel involved, and I don't think it's a very good bit. <laughs> Are you suggesting you've got no emotional attachment to the breakup of the Mysterials? It's like, 
I've got no more emotional attachment to this bit. <laughs> uh, In addition to the Mysterios. Speaking of emotional, there was a nice video package of Cena, his WWE career, his amazing charity work, of course, all the stuff he's done in Hollywood, etc. And then it's time for The Miz. <laughs> all the stuff he's done in Hollywood. Miz time. <laughs> that's a... That's a... Switching gears. Uh, the Miz comes down. He's interviewed in the ring. Oh, sorry. Oh, bloody hell. I lost my notes here. Who's he interviewed by? Oh, yeah. Kevin Patrick! Uh... And they mentioned Logan Paul and those images that did the rounds on social media of him potentially returning to the ring and doing mad stuff. Good. He was great at WrestleMania. I'd like to see him back there. Um, and Miz announced that they were going to team up at SummerSlam. And Kevin Patrick quite likely went, what? You attacked him the last time you were in a ring together at WrestleMania. And he was like, no, no, no. That's because I was teaching him. That was a teachable moment. Uh, and me and uh, Logan Paul are going to become future tag team champions. Um and uh, Kevin Patrick then asked him about the Battle Royal earlier, and he said, oh, I'm not a loser. If anyone's a loser, AJ Styles is a loser. Uh, and then Kevin Patrick just just, just went, oh, I'm just going to just two-foot him. He went, what about that? Uh, all that chat about your tiny boss? Huh? What about the... <laughs> <laughs> you got a reasonette down there, huh? And Miz is doing the whole, oh, let's not make this a thing. The thing. And uh, uh, Miz came, uh, sorry, Styles came out and just chinned him. This has become a thing. Hate it. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before. Yeah, no, I'm going to talk about it again, mate. It's awful. <laughs> I hate it, right? You know what else is? <laughs> this just become a thing, guys. It's when it actually hasn't become a thing and the crowd has got no f- interest in it whatsoever. <laughs> and Miz is like, <sighs> uh, uh, no, no, don't say it. I want, you to, I want you to say it enough so that these idiots who don't get it you stupid seal bastards. You're meant to say something to the effect of tiny balls, tiny <laughs> balls, tiny balls. We're going to sell some WWE truck nuts, but they're w- the Miz's trucks with tiny balls. <laughs> you seen truck nuts before? We've, we've done this one. Mate. <laughs> um, but they're either too thick, these Texans, <laughs> or not they, that. they don't care enough about... The Miz in 2022. And his balls. And his balls. To say tiny balls. Tiny balls. Tiny balls. NXT 2.0 is going to do a table tennis player. So they come like, I said ping pong balls, not king kong <laughs> balls. <laughs> so basically, this segment died a death because it didn't get, they couldn't even get a wrestling crowd to chant about male genitalia being small, wow, yeah. despite an incredibly obvious cue. The, uh, this, the, the Miz is so irrelevant. That was the one thing that he's always, I'm relevant, you're not relevant. That was always his stuff, wasn't it, that he used to say he's irrelevant. Now you can't even get people to talk about a tiny cock of balls. Got a hot wife, though, hasn't he? If anybody goes on... This is Wikipedia page and writing. Oh my god! Like so, we today, right? If one of us wrote an article and published it on what culture that said Miz has tiny balls, and then somebody went on Wikipedia and said the Miz has tiny balls, and then used our article as a source, would he look and then read it and go, oh, and then just add it to his promo? I'm a former United States champion, a world champion. I got tiny balls. I've won money in the bank twice. Would he just accept it as fact? God damn it! Everything you put on Wikipedia, we know Miz is going to repeat. <laughs> 
<laughs> Should we try it? We'll just set the whole thing up, see if you just, oh, yeah, we're right, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, you have to put it as a title, though, because, like, he's not going to read the rest of it. There's a load of bollocks in there. So it's going to be like, yeah, tag team champ, world no, champ, it's, it, it's, tiny balls champ 2022. It's not in the work career, but you do what you do with every Wikipedia celebrity and skim straight to personal life. And it's like, this is married to Maurice, got two kids, has tiny balls. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, the anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, back to Raw. <laughs> uh, when we came back from the break, um, the <laughs> Newcastle based wrestling <laughs> office, Mox Johnny Axon. Anyway, <laughs> back to the race. The race, big time backs. Uh, oh, it's not the Miz, but it's Postman Pierce. Who mate. is it? Made this match official between, between the Miz and AJ Styles. AJ Styles. <laughs> skip. Oh, skip this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, aye, aye. Uh, yeah, Miz walked out after like 13 minutes. That's it. Uh, some of Miz's stuff was criminal. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to take a bump on his chest and he contrives to do it on his knees, one of which was like <laughs> badly injured last year. Uh, you're stupid. Anyway. Enough of all that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five star review review. Nailed it. And this week's five star review review is brought to you by Brandon from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, Brandon. Thank you for this uh, review, Brandon. Brandon. We're about to rip the piss out of you and all your friends and family. (laughs) Shall I read in the accent? Yep. Okay. Uh, um, If you want to suggest something five-star review, review, (laughs) instead of something short, crap, and wrestling related, go on to iTunes. Maybe don't put where you're from. Uh, (laughs) I'm Brandon from Alabama. Uh, Alabama (laughs) summer? So Brandon writes, Howdy there, Adam and the Deadlies. I got back in a wrestling during the pandemic. <laughs> Although it was not a smart decision for them to continue, all forms of live entertainment halted. And he said stopped. I don't know why I changed that. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured, you know what? If we're changing oh, the words that people review, we're just going to start making the reviews up. This is my favorite podcast ever. That's from uh, some guy from <laughs> some state. That's from... Mr. Camera from the podcast studio. Can you review every single Omega Okada match in order, in full, instead of raw for four weeks? <laughs> I figured I'd give it a shot and watch. Mostly, I was watching this new AW thing and WWE pay-per-views. Uh, I have reconnected with you guys ever since. Well, up until he said this. Sorry, Brandon. <laughs> He's heard his two boss man accents yeah. and all of it and the like. It's just like my Homer in the Flaming Moors episode. You just lost yourself a customer. <laughs> what, are you going to have to speak? You just lost yourself a listener. <laughs> Sorry, you're going to have to speak it while I was doing voices. <laughs> <coughs> I watched Raw for the first time in over a year tonight. This is last week, obviously, when he posted it. And decided to get a late night snack uh, during this TV. <laughs> is it a python or a boa <laughs> constrictor? Or since, said snake. Since the Dadly Boys always seem to skip it during the five star review review, I figured I won't go miss much. And while making my snack, I thought to myself, I bet old man Champa attacks AJ at the end of the segment for no apparent reason. I 
I was right. And can thank you, oh, and thank you, the deadliest, for making it easier to telegraph WWE's obvious programming. But at least they make it more entertaining to listen to. <laughs> I appreciate all that you guys do. For the five-star review of you, since it's his 20th anniversary next week. Who's his birthday or something? It's like, oh, poor Brandon. Since it's his 20th anniversary this week, I'd love any cringe John Cena rap battle, because I loved them when I was a kid. Of course, I'd like to see how problematic they are now. Uh, Yours well, truly. <laughs> I reckon it's pretty problematic. Yours like there's been enough raps. <laughs> Yours truly, Brandon from Alabama. Brandon, thank you. Thank yeah, you, cheers, Brandon. And, you know, if you've listened to this podcast, He's going to be surprised. For two years. Yeah. It's, it's just what he does. <laughs> so take us back. I reckon you've heard us uh, piss on the Yanks before. Uh, we selected John Cena versus The Big Show. We've done Kurt Angle before, I believe, haven't we? I reckon. Uh, so we did The Big Show one, because that's very popular on YouTube as well. Take us back to late 2003. What was going on back then, Michael Hamflet? John Cena was over. Over. And was turned babyface in one of those rare cases of WWE spotting that this was the right time, this was the right place, this was the right era for them to actually try and build a star. He'd wrestle, I, I remember at the time, I don't know if like this scans with you as well, Sage, but they, it was like a, like sort of a click of a finger pretty much where all of a sudden he was just like rapping against heels and it was pretty cool all of a sudden that the lines were at the heels expense and it was WWE and it wasn't just, we're going to let this happen organically, we're going to make him wait and we're just going to let them cheer. It was like, Right now he's babyface. Like everything he does, like immediately it got sillier, it got dumbed down, and sure enough, after about a year, we were at pretty much the John Cena we see today. That all but eliminated anything. I'm hesitant to use the word edgy because some of that is just associated with stuff that simply would not fly now, and nor should it. But yeah, he just he went from it was pretty cool for a while because he went from doing his cool shtick against uh, babyfaces to doing it against heels, so you could still back him. Um, it's kind of what's starting to happen for a modern equivalent with. Um, the acclaimed and the gun club, you can sort of feel it now. That act of becoming so popular that Max Cassidy would only like, you know, point his rap at a heel mm-hmm. and that's it. They're baby faces, and that's how easy it is to do that when an actor's this over. And it was a nice sweet spot for John Cena. And it's WWE. So if you're gonna be turned babyface and get over, they're gonna give you the fucking big show, whether you like <laughs> it or not. The timing of this one's pretty uh funny. Mm. Back in <laughs> <laughs> Proceed. So, <laughs> Big Show starts the battle rap off slowly. Yeah. As Taz mentioned, I'll get to that when we get to the YouTube comments. Yo, my name is Big Show and there ain't none meaner. Last week I screwed over you, John Cena. I, so, I, I love it when rap battles of any kind start with, my name is Bert and I'm here to say, <laughs> I'm rapping, I'm fresh in a cool way. Yo, dude, I done punked you out all over town. What you gonna do about it, bitch? I'm 500 pounds. <laughs> and there's another line that we're not gonna read out because it's incredibly problematic, but you can go and search out if you wanna watch that bit. Fine. Nah, dog, you can't see me. In the ring, I'm better than you on the stick. Matter of fact, my finger is bigger than your dick. Was <laughs> everybody was encouraged to chant? Yeah. They loved that, didn't they? Yeah. Just like, well, we can't say it, but if everyone in the arena shouts nuts or cack or whatever. Balls. Or then then again, they wouldn't have done it. You've got tiny balls. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Patrick just trying to make him say 
so I guess like this is the wrong week to sort of have a dig at them for that, isn't it? Because this was last week where AW found that kid in the crowd saying shut the up to Christian. <laughs> so it's, you know. Uh you're basically saying that a small child in AEW can pick up on a cue and the sixty two year olds who watch Raw every week oh, what what might have been there something. <laughs> um I will say Big Show selling here is excellent. After every line that's like, you're a fat piece of whatever, <laughs> or you smell, he sells for it. So he's either like, oh, I got a fat neck, or like, oh, do my pitch really smell? Or whatever. I don't know why he's from Alabama again. Still. So all of my lines, you've got no retort. I'm going to cuss you even harder than the Ross report. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cena starts off. Could you repeat that last line? I didn't really get that. I just heard your heavy breathing, choking on your neck fat. <laughs> I love that. It's like he's eating his own face. That's how hungry he is. Man, I can't believe how out of shape you get in. You've been talking for 30 seconds and you're already sweating. Shoot. <laughs> Let's go back to OVW. <laughs> Some weird, like, like I love this because, like you say, you can tell... A lot of it was Cena, wasn't it? He just wrote it himself. Yes. Yeah. But you can really tell, that, what's the phrase, the hand of the order here, where they're like, can we, can we just get a quick, quick line in there? <laughs> Got like, anything on Big Show being fat? A couple of bits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I also like this line, because it, what, what? Did you eat from the toilet? <laughs> what? I'm smelling mysterious gases. Oh, bro, close your mouth. You got the breath of a thousand asses. Yo, it's either that or you're rocking some phony pits. You're just a fat slob with hairy baloney tits. That's not bad. Baloney tits pretty good. You need to hit these sit-ups too. You're not exactly the leanest. Forget seeing me, bro. You can't even see your penis. <laughs> and mine is bigger than your finger. It's as big as your whole head. You think I'm coming up short? <laughs> That's not what your mom said. Got him. Got him. Got him. Big Show's mom sucked his cack. Yep. This is a battle rap. You know I'm not going to get hurt. How am I going to get dissed by the white fat Albert? Big Show carrying a bit of extra weight this time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's in, it was in 2002, he was like... Yeah. 2002, they put the bail on him. He's the guy that ended Brock Lesnar's undefeated streak, isn't he? So was it the year before where they realised, I just know how to work. Just be the champion. Yeah, he's not to work. Yeah. I love that so much. Uh, so now your rap career is over. It's time for you to quit. What could rhyme with? Ain't no place for a 500-pound talking piece of... Shit. <laughs> Thoughts? You know... Like, some of it's pretty funny still. Like, I wish some of them weren't as awful. I wish some of the times weren't as awful. Like, it's good that some stuff gets reviewed retrospectively, and it's like, no, that's not on now, because it's good. Because it shows that there is, there is even in pretty difficult times, it shows that, like, society at large can be progressive. Some of the stuff's pretty funny. For, for all that some of it ages horribly, some of it ages quite well. And shows that, like, Cena had wit or whoever was working with him had a bit of wit here and there. I also like the fact he's clearly, he clearly wins the rap battle. Yeah. And in the end, he's like, piece of... And they go, yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, he won. And then he chucks the mic in the air and Big Show goes, oh, look, a microphone. And then just kick, gets kicked right in the box <laughs> to end the segment. Like, 
That's a heel move. You lose the rap battle and you get angry and kick him in the dick. Not him. I win. And I get to keep you in the dick. Double whammy. There was a bit of that with AJ Styles as well, wasn't there? Yeah. WWE baby faces are dickheads. <laughs> then now forever. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to the comment section. Not too bad. It's all right. Well, I'm wondering, can anyone get horny from this? It's fine, you know. Like, can anyone get horny about a diva? It's a great question to ask, and we'll find out. But once again, these do not reflect the use myself. How, how, is, how, how can we get Tori Wilson involved in this? To which she's unrelated. So what year is this? 2003? Yeah. Devin starts us off. Man, WWE was so good back then. Was it? No. No. <laughs> I love like the way you consider it for a second. There's a little moment where there's it's, always so went in the roller decks and went, 2003. Nope. Like, there's always decent stuff every year. There's always year. decent stuff, but like, on a wider, important level, no. Wasn't good. You make 2004, which was just very close to, was the worst year in WWE history. And I can I include 1995 in that. You make, like, what, between two and six hours of original content. 52 weeks a year, of course there's going to be good stuff. It's the ratio of good to bad that's the problem. <laughs> yes. Uh, Maurice, uh, three years ago, writes, <laughs> and speak, so we use a phrase of yours, think of the ground this covers. John Cena will always be the greatest rapper of all time. <laughs> <laughs> my, my God. Like those people that like have never watched a film. But yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm watching like horror film. I'm getting Major Fiend vibes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting real Boss Baby 2 vibes from this rap battle. <laughs> Uh, Evan Martinez points out a great line from Taz on commentary because the big show does his bit and there's a bit of reaction then John Cena does his bit. I forgot to mention that. But Taz goes, Cole's like, that's surprisingly quite good from big show. Taz is like, yeah, you know what it was. He started off slow. Evan Martinez is quite this. He started off slow, about two miles an hour. So he just, just, <laughs> just buried him. It was good for an incredibly slow, slow rap battle. Uh, also, Bardi X official has written something uh, three weeks ago, this, which is just it's just stating what happened in the video, but for some reason, Keith Lee's written it. Do you want me to read it in Keith Lee's voice? Yeah. Greetings. No, he didn't write. That sudden testicle kick by John Cena made me laugh very hard. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, you, know, you know I like this, Sige. You know when people think that they can improve on a segment? Yeah. And like... <laughs> Uh, Naeem writes, <laughs> imagine if John Cena did the dab. What? He's having three to blow people's minds. Stop everything. What was that? <laughs> Junior Martinoza writes, this is actually Biggie and Pax reincarnation. <laughs> oh. uh. Uh, and my favorite, you asked the question, and uh, you were correct. Once again, these do not reflect the views of myself, Dad, or anyone at What Culture Wrestling. Uh, Naomi DeMonte. Writes, Cena is my future baby daddy. He doesn't know it yet. Cena, I'll let you hear it from the back anytime. John Cena just idly scrolling YouTube. Oh, I remember those days. Recollect them sitting on the bus, traveling to town. Oh, cool. Yeah, I watched, sorry, the comments. Oh, you didn't leave your name and address and number. <laughs> So thanks once again to Brandon from Alabama for suggesting this week's five-star review review. If you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling rated instead of a, I'll just go out and say it, Miz segment from yeah. Monday Night Raw, uh, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes, uh, and hopefully we'll pick it up next week. Right, back to Monday Night Raw and a genuine favorite segment of mine. 
Time for Ezekiel to hang out with John Cena, who looks rather confused by this, but plays along. Um, Cena asks uh, if he if Elias is here tonight, and he said, "Oh yeah, he's just he's just busy showing Elrod around backstage." <laughs> uh, and my favorite line here is, he said uh, he said about <laughs> he said about speak with Zeke. He said about walk with Elias. But my new favorite thing is he said, I'm sure a lot of people want to trod with Elrod. <laughs> Shut up. How has this gotten over? Oh, mate, Rad. <laughs> how many people in a room for how long landed on trod? Elrod. Oh, bollocks. <laughs> uh, Plod. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Great. Uh, and uh, Cena gave some advice to Ezekiel. Never forget who you are. Good. Good stuff. I like that. I did like that. Theory comes in to confront him, though, as we alluded to earlier. Um, runs down Cena, reads off his Wikipedia page. Says Cena's a grown man wearing jorts. And uh, he's like, I want to take a picture of this asshole. Goes to get his phone out, get a selfie. <laughs> Cena just leaves. Yeah, that's the master building. Aggressively mid-card, isn't This is it? what I'm about with Dangerous. Like, Theory couldn't have looked like... Way, way out of his depth. He was in, really like, trying. Like, sh- sharing well. the screen with John Cena, my he, word. He was really trying. To be fair, like, the promo was very composed. Mm. Yeah. Like, he could tell he was really up for the moment, but I just... It's intangible, isn't it? Yeah. Like, they're together. Like, that was... That, he might as well have been anybody else just giving him the ovation on the way in, not the guy that you're supposed mm. to be thinking, what if those two fought? Yeah, I know. Like, they're supposed to share the screen. You're supposed to feel electricity and... Yeah, no. I think we did it for aggressively the, mid-card. I think we did it for the five-star review, but it popped up on my YouTube algorithm recently. Do you remember when Roman Reigns just fell to pieces in a promo battle with John Cena? <sighs> and don't. Cena was literally like, I'm going to have to eviscerate him. And he's like, it's a promo, kid. You're going to have to learn it if you're going to be any good around here. And he's like, shut up, John. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut your mouth, John. First of all, you're a bitch. That's <laughs> 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 the best bit about the Cena stuff. It was only like an actually short of like, I'm not owned, I'm not owned. Actually, first of all, you're a bitch. <laughs> uh, I thought that was funny. Um, <laughs> they, they were fine, actually. <laughs> you're, a bit, you're a bitch, John. First things uh, first, you're a bitch. <laughs> first of all, you're a bitch. Roman <laughs> <laughs> Reigns resorts to being a reply guy. He's basically supposed to just yeah. to try and get, get uh, some more. You're a bitch. <laughs> so... Anyway, more congratulations videos for Cena here. Uh, Kurt Angle, Randy Orton, John uh, Bradshaw Layfield, Chris Jericho, Steph. If you want a thank you video from Stone Cold Drinkers, be like, oh, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Got a promo on Stone Cold ET. <laughs> Alexa, you want to show me that up and give me all, yeah? <laughs> I dropped it on the news this morning and Andy went, that sounds a bit like Stone Cold E.T. I was like, yep. <laughs> Can yeah. you do him? Can you do the funny Bobby Stone Cold? Can do Stone Cold back and do Stone Cold E.T. I'm playing Bobby down the road, man. I'm bobbing on live stream, give me all, yeah. We're making no sounds with Dawson back with it. He potatoes, give me all, yeah. That's a goddamn blockbuster Broadway match. <laughs> You're the champ. You got luminous blue t-shirts. But for God's sake, kid, lay it in. <laughs> lay it in. Anyway, what's next? Oh, Kevin Patrick's in the ring. Oh, there's loads left. Bianca Belair comes out, runs down Carmella, who's obviously facing her at the premium live event. Or is she? 
I'm praying for Bailey. I'm praying. Yeah. Uh, Carmella gets called out. She comes out. She reads off her Wikipedia page. Uh, there's, there's a pattern here. Uh, said she deserves respect. Now there is money, all that. Um, she said, uh, if you're not going to give me respect, I'm going to take it. And Belair, um, you know, just stares at her, basically, and holds the title in the air. Carmella goes to leave. Uh, Kevin Patrick thinks, well, I guess I better continue the interview then. But Carmella doubles back. She's going to jump Bianca Belair just like she did last week. But Belair's ready for a laser out. And stands tall to close this by, very by-the-numbers segment. Uh, just like Bianca Belair. General, yeah. A general quality. The, yeah. They had a, she can transcend rubbish. They had a match. They couldn't do it with Rhea Ripley, so they're doing this. It's all... like this, The reason this feels so fake is because it wasn't their intention in the first place. Was it? And it's so. the Fed. Uh, Sarah Schreiber's backstage with Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan, who are about to face off. Um, but they're both obviously in the Money in the Bank match. Um, they said, oh, Bliss said that her and Morgan are friendly, but, you know, we, I don't really have any friends. I don't trust anybody. And uh, Morgan says, yeah, we're not friends, actually. I wouldn't hesitate to knock you off the ladder to win Money in the Bank. Morgan simped for John Cena. <laughs> First of all, you're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan simped for John Cena, said she was going to you know, take inspiration from him. Her time's now. She's going to win money in the bank. Bliss said, that's not happening. And then this, some booping happens, and then they go out for the match. Um, this gave me the one of the few moments that I actually say, oh, do you remember the pandemic? <laughs> because you had Asker just being Asker on commentary, and I remember that was one of the few, very few bright spots during this. Uh, during that very, very dark period. Stay safe, everyone. Uh, Liv Morgan beat Bliss. Um, there was, you know, a bit of a bit of back and forth, but it was a very short match. Uh, presumably, they're just saying, just save it for, for the weekend, basically. Bliss avoided a middle rope drop kick, put her in a chin lock. They get back up. Liv misses the oblivion. Uh, Bliss hits the DDT, or goes for the DDT, sorry, and that gets counted into a roll-up for uh, Liv Morgan to win. And the whole idea of there being a Money in the Bank match and they're both being in it was no friends, only foes. But because it's written by the majority male writing staff, it does really feel like uh, no friends because all women secretly despise one another. <laughs> yeah. And the match itself was nothing to write home about whatsoever. It looked like the weakest, most nothing stuff. Like you're not trying to hurt each other. There's no impactful element to this action at all. The crowd don't give a toss. You're putting a chin lock on literally like in the final third of the match. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Three minutes. Weak. I finally think out this. Yeah. Like it, sort of, I'm starting to think they're gonna have Liv Morgan win on Saturday, right? Yeah. And it, but it, it's too late. Like she's had title shots. Too bad. She, they've, <laughs> they've given a terrible promos to cut in which she comes across as pretty insufferable. Um I think the moment's gone with her. I think, like, you just there's get... There's still mas- people out there backing her. Did you see the uh, wrestle... Aye, there's the serial masturbators Did you on see the the wrestle- social media. Did you see the wrestle cringe tweet yesterday? No. I'll dig it out when we get downstairs. I certainly will not be reading out on this podcast. That does not reflect the views of the Dudley Boys or anyone who watch culture wrestling. Or me. I forgot to mention myself. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to mention as well before, when they were doing the whole thing with Carmella and Bianca Belair. I love how it's Is become- it as bad as the Scarlet Bordeaux one? Remember that? Oh, it's probably up there. I'll, I'll take that one after the podcast. Um, I do like the fact that WWE's own bad booking is now part of the Wikipedia. Because it threw me for a second when Carmella went, the only two-time Money in the Bank winner. And I was like, I don't remember having... And I was like, oh, yeah, she had to win it a second time because a man helped her win the first ever women's yeah. Money in the Bank match. A lot of bollocks. 
Um, the antithesis of that came next because it was all a lovely video showcasing John Cena's brilliant Make-A-Wish stuff that we've been talking about for lovely a few weeks, stuff. actually. Yeah. Uh, That's why he is that guy, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone is such a good mood. We're about to get the John Cena promo. Here comes Vince McMahon to bring him to the ring. Goodness. Has he been on every show since? He missed the SmackDown. Uh, That's it. Anyway, John Cena comes out off the back of McMahon introducing him. So sinister. Uh, Awful, isn't it? The Vince McMahon image recovery tour. Yeah, it's pathetic. Uh, You've got the line of people leading him to the ring. Uh, Cena gets on the mic, talks about how happy he is to be here. He says he's not much for celebrating milestones. He always wanted to look ahead what was next, but tonight's different. Tonight it's not about a moment or a match. It's about the fans, these fans who've allowed him to do it for two decades, Uh, the fans who have been brave enough to tell him when he sucked and when he didn't. He wanted to say thank you, just waiting for the right moment. Uh, We get a thank you Cena chant. He thanked them for moments like that and then for making him who he is. Uh, at one point, he pointed out the 20 years of jort signs and being out of fashion for 14 odd years or whatever it was that he said. Uh, jorts ever a thing? Um, Maybe in the 90s. Right now, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cena said WWE and the fans have prepared him for everything. They've made him a better human being, a professional, a husband. Uh, spending time with the fans has taught him empathy, caring, and kindness. Uh, sure as hell, they taught Wrestling him humility. Jogan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he said he's 45 years old, didn't know when we'd see him in the ring again. I'd guess late July. Um, there was a one more match chant. He said, oh, don't worry, there's going to be plenty more of them. Um, and he said... Well, you have to now. Let's stay at this roster. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just getting started. If you want some, come get some. And he chucks all his clothes into the ring, <laughs> uh, into the audience, basically, and says thank you. Lovely, this... It's, it's Butch and Rowan Reigns. Oh, my dog dragon is dog. <laughs> 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 Oh, uh, he likes to lick their ass, doesn't he? <laughs> John Cena. He's very good at it. This one honestly felt the more the most sincere yeah. version of every promo he's cut for the past fifteen years of probably gonna get booed here, but I'm gonna lick your ass. Because now he's actually not gonna get booed, so it actually doesn't feel like it's damage control. Just see he's just a weird guy, Cena, isn't he? Like a Gwyneth Paltrow, like oh, he's gone Hollywood weird. Mm. His motivational quotes and his bollocks. <laughs> and uh but you know, he's like he's one of those where like everything like means a lot. Mm. Why do they care? Like the most, the most shallow lives imaginable. These massive tier, top tier celebs. They all like always apply meaning to things. And they're like, take a, some time to register this moment that's happened. And he's, uh, I don't know. He's, he talks a lot of absolute bollocks, and they're all very earnest, and they're all very, you know. Oh God, I'm so grateful for you peasants and the, <laughs> the life you have bequeathed to me. <laughs> I just, I've, I've never liked him. Never will like him. And every now and then you see that video that you shared the other month. And I'm like, my God, the man's an absolute superhero. He's a saint. Isn't he? <laughs> He's a saint. Um, yeah, if I was him and they were like, you've got a day off of mad John Cena's schedule, I'd be like, cool, feet up then. Not get on a <laughs> plane to Misha. Of the, he makes know. it very hard, very hard to dislike him, does John Cena. And you know, his crowd control and his delivery. And he's genuinely good in films. Like, he's genuinely good. So the Suicide Squad, he is fantastic in. Incredibly talented. Little bit of fakeness there. Yeah, the profundity is at its most false in a WWE ring. Yeah. That's like, and yet, and yet he's still better at, like, trumpeting this message than anybody else. Like, I, I, he's the best at this. He's, he is worth his weight in gold to WWE, especially, like, at this particular time. What's your favorite insincere promo? Because I just flash back to remember when Kurt Angle got put in like the TNA Hall of Fame and he was like, 
Yeah, I suppose thanks or whatever. Like, <laughs> do it for the first. If someone's, someone's not done it yet, suggest it for the five star review review because I distinctly remember it being a thing and it being the like, like thanks to you, the fans. And it's like <laughs> even you're not believing it as the words are coming out of your mouth. Cody had a couple in his locker, but uh, one for me is um, when Ric Flair, when TNA permitted Ric Flair to go in the WWE Hall of Fame as part of a, a swap deal. Christian was allowed to return to yes. TNA for one night. I think it was the Slammiversary 2012, maybe. And he comes out and, like, he... Christian's great, like, but he kind of doesn't want to be there. And there's this cloud over him of worry and fear that if he is too kind about his time in TNA, it's going to affect his delicately poised push in WWE because they're finally taking him seriously as a heel for the first time in forever. So he comes out and he's like, uh, yeah, I had some uh, great memories uh, in TNA. Like... Happy anniversary, TNA. <laughs> oh, see you later. He <laughs> just he does not want yeah. Does the look out? Yeah. Hey. To all, to, uh, all, oh. <laughs> to all my peeps. You're enjoying Wimbledon. But oh. <laughs> oh, I bless him. He just he was. I'm going where, and I've got to do what? Yeah, yeah just say what you like. What well, really? Say what I like. Yeah, say what you like, <laughs> Christian. <laughs> Just be careful. You were supposed to be working a house show tonight, trying to get Jack Swagger over, but we're going to let you go to TNA. Enjoy yourself. Mm. Yeah, poor guy. Who's uh, speaking of tennis? Who's Matt Riddle's uh, favorite tennis player? John McEnbro. So good. I'll tweet that later. <laughs> Tim Hempman. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. There's loads more. We'll do this instead of Raw. Uh, there's got to be loads. I'll leave it with you. We'll talk about the handicap Sorry. match. Uh, we'll it was that. Bobby Lashley. Pete Sampgrass. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Bobby Lashley in a handicap match against the Alpha Academy with the special enforcer. He can't, get, he, he can't get on centre court, but he plays most of his games on court. Eight green. <laughs> Where's that grass to clay? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we have a special enforcer. Don't really have a special enforcer very often nowadays. It was the US champ, obviously, Austin Theory. Um, Theory distracts Lashley early on. That allows uh, Gable and Otis to take control. You get Chase's Theory outside. Gable hits a mint flip dive off the apron. And then Greenus just... Williams. <laughs> Force of freaking Hamlet there. <laughs> Cars in the end. Uh, Otis splash. Sagrina Williams. <laughs> All right, we got it yet. Uh, Otis <laughs> if he's seen this, it must be bad. Who's <laughs> on the other foot, bitch? <laughs> First of all, you're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Next argument I get into. I'm not going to use that as a line. So, well, first of all, you're a bitch. So. <laughs> 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 so I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir. You can't come in with full. Well, first of all, you're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what point on the other side of something? Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> I acknowledge that. I never looked at it like that before. <laughs> uh, we go to break after Otis splashed Lashley after the, the Gable flip died. <laughs> Nearly there. Um, Otis powerbomb Lashley Gable hit his brilliant moonsault for a two count Otis goes up for the Vader bomb but Lashley catches him hits him with an electric chair drop LTST for next week mm-hmm. uh, pow- crowd pop for that Gable comes off the top and Lashley just immediately catches him puts him in the hurt lock gets, hurt lock, gets the submission victory Theory attacks afterwards I did like the fact that I think even someone on commentary someone went Bobby Lashley's got no friends right now and I was like oh that's going to be interesting who's going to make the save Bobby Lashley made his own save. <laughs> he kicked Theory as he's trying to take us up. It was quite a funny spot, actually. 
theory trying to take a selfie. And it's quite clever because the whole thing is he's not looking at his opponent. So Lashley kicks him. He goes flying into the, the turnbuckle. Uh, and then Lashley hit Otis with a flatliner, speared Gable, uh, goes to spear theory, but he leaves to set up the, the match on Sunday, uh, Saturday even. I was sorry. I was so prepared to just dislike this. But, oh, there's Lashley, right? Guess what? He's very strong. He's got muscles. So he finds two guys. <laughs> How strong do you think he's going to be now? Even stronger, do you think? Yeah, let's do the match. And then he did the electric chair. And I was like, this is absolutely awesome. <laughs> what a spot. That was great. It was sort of fatally flawed, this, because there's just absolutely no way that Theory beats Lashley in any context. So if and when he does or comes out with his US title intact, it's like, fake. Absolutely fake. Like, mm-hmm. Lashley's, the, Lashley's the best still at this. Shouldn't even really be competing for this title. But... There's there's no contest in which Theory leaves with his belt, although unless Lashley is completely thick or Theory takes the count out of the DQ or whatever, just the only actual outcome to any of this is Lashley beats Theory with ease, and I don't think they're going to do that. I'm very I've got some big ideas for that. We have to wait around to the Money in the Bank preview for that, okay? Because it's probably going to be some bollocks DQ count out nonsense, but I've got a way he can win with a one two three, and. Uh, as always, for the preview. as always, it's completely preposterous. <laughs> Pat, uh, Pat Hash. Nice. Yes, that's good. Tell you what, you've, you won me over for that. Good. You, know what, you know what? Hey, 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 hey. You are right. <laughs> Cody Rhodes is getting interviewed. Ooh, he's got some tape on his tit. Uh, <laughs> after the surgery. <laughs> he said that with a confidence like it's a famous like Coronation Street line or something. I love this. I absolutely bloody love this. He's rehabbing. Uh, he talked about being at the peak of his career. He wanted to parlay that momentum, love that phrase, uh, into money in the bank. But obviously what happened, happened. He flew too close to the sun. He's Icarus. Flew too close to the sun. Uh, Seth Rollins um, figured Seth Rollins would say something like that. Uh, it's going to take nine months, definitely nine months, guys, to recover <laughs> from this. Um, but he's looking forward to watching money in the bank. He described Drew McIntyre as Sheamus as having Harley race-level toughness. He's impressed by almost Sami Zayn's a genius in the ring, he said. Uh, and uh, it sure would be something if history repeated itself. If Seth Rollins won and cashed in and became undisputed champion. He said, I'm not rooting for anybody. If Seth takes a win, I'd be the first to congratulate him. They have got so much faith in Cody Rhodes being the next John Cena that they've got him doing two John Cena things on the John Cena tribute show. So he's doing the injury... Surprise, I'm fine. I'm going to win the Rumble, right? And he's doing the John Cena game show host review of everybody on Money in the Bank while legit injured and rehabilitating, sending a video in because he's so goddamn dedicated to the cause. It, like, they should have promoted this. It was that Cody sort countdown. of... It was that John Cena, Cody Rhodes, like, he's our guy, that they actually should have promoted ahead of time that this was going to happen. He is, he's all in. It's he's amazing. so much better at putting people over than the writing team and the booking. Like, he's just like... He's, he loves doing this. He did it with Hangman Page. So. Heavyweight stopping power with a cruiserweight speed. <laughs> it can be a bit corny, but he's damn good at it. Yeah, he's great. Uh, the Sami Zayn thing in particular was pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, he did make me think, oh, anyone could win this match, which, yeah. I, I mean, I don't feel now in the cold light of day, but, you know, for a brief moment I saw it. I did like next, what came next. Seth Rollins approaching John Cena in the back. His face that he used to do afterwards. Do you think that the women uh, from the Attitude Era could compete with what these four women did at All In? <laughs> 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 I did like Seth Rollins. He went a bit power mad, didn't he? Yeah. Like, get me another press conference. I'm going to walk the stage for half an hour and tell dusty stories, people. I'm going to love it. 
Seth Rollins laughed John Cena's theme here. <laughs> it's quite good. Uh, he said, oh, here you are, John. Hey, hey, they're talking memories. Do you remember that time I kneed you in the face and broke your nose and then uh, and you failed your money in the bank cashing as well? Do you remember that? Remember? Rambled on about his greatest cashing ever, etc., cetera, et cetera. Uh, And then Cena's looking past him. And it's the giant Omos who steps in and towers over all of them. And MVP says, oh, he's going to kill. He basically said he's Thanos at Money in the Bank. He's going to kill everyone. And Cena just went, well, good luck. <laughs> and left. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Main event time. Oh, God, it wasn't very good. Money in the Bank elimination match. Becky Lynch, Zia Lee, Nikki A.S.H., Shayna Baszler, Tamina and... Zia Lee got eliminated after two minutes. <laughs> she was pretty useless in the match. Yeah. She got hit with a manhandle <laughs> slam. Uh, two minutes later... Bump's funny. <laughs> Lynch. Knock the trainer down at the old uh, performance center. <laughs> You've got a great lightning bolt coming out of her fingers, but you can't throw a goddamn work punch to save a goddamn life anymore. What's going on there? <laughs> Nikki A.S.H. then got eliminated by his submission. She got disarmored. Uh, we go to a break. Lynch suplexed Baszler into the barricade, and then... What happened to wrestlers who just used to run the ropes right once in a fucking while? <laughs> and uh, did you have... That's a wrestling hand, George. Ran over everyone. There was a Tower of Doom spot. Dewdrop powerbombed Lynch and Tamina and Baszler. <laughs> God, I was really worried for a Tamina halfway through this Tower of Doom, by the way. Baszler. Not very good. Baszler. The rock bought you a house. Go there. Yeah. Stay there. <laughs> never come out. Uh, Tamina's in a leg lock by Baszler and Dewdrop splashed Baszler for the elimination. Dewdrop got rid of Tamina with an elbow drop off the top. It's down to Lynch and Dewdrop. Lynch got the way out of the way of a Vader bomb and hit a uh, top rope manhandle slam or middle rope manhandle slam for the one, two, three. Is Becky Lynch's curse over, Michael Hamlet? No, but I think it's probably the right call. It's a good story, isn't it? Yeah, like I don't mind this Becky Lynch thing um, and I think it's probably the right call to put her in the match because... The whole point of the whole thing falling apart is that you've got to give them a little bit of hope once in a while and then it falls apart even worse than before. So when she doesn't win on Saturday, that actually adds to this. It's it's good to give her a little crumb of comfort for a moment before you dash the hopes again. If I was less cynical than I am, I might even say putting her into like this should be a great match or a very good one. Yeah. And coming agonizingly close and then failing, failing, failing and failing and failing. She could eventually turn around and say, the reason that's holding me back is the bollocks that I'm wearing and visualizing that is my personality. Once I dispense with that, I become the man again. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. This match wasn't very good. But the right result, I was just happy with. I like the finish. It was fun. Yeah, it was. Good, good, good finish this match. Uh, and the show and the lead to Money in the Bank, which, as I said, goes down on Saturday. Uh, let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Andre Agrassi. And Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll be back later on today to preview NXT... Oh, but... Why didn't you do it with me then? <laughs> so, so. I, did, I was trying to think of tennis things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to the Dadly Voice. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.